0: another episode of metal rock and whiskey i'm sailor and i have already had a lot of whiskey hi guys what's up
1: hey what sailor up? how you doing
0: i'm good i'm where's matt actually
1: Uh yeah it looks like we're one short here <laughs>
0: Oh Does man. Anybody know where he is tonight?
2: Guess I need to check my text feed and see.
0: It's been a while since oh, no. we've all been together, all four of us. I'm kind of bummed out about this. What are we doing tonight?
2: Well, for the listeners that might be new to this show, we do typically compare Two albums from one artist against each other. We discuss, argue, and very unprofessionally debate the merits. And in the end, only one album reigns supreme. But we, we were on a pretty good streak there, guys. Typical episodes. <laughs> we
0: really were. We had a streak. <laughs> we did.
2: This
1: is not going to be part of that streak. That is very true, Jake. And tonight we are going to be discussing another legendary band with an incredibly long and illustrious career. Tonight, we tackle Rush. All
2: this
1: but... Instead of doing an album battle, we decided to make our own Rush playlists and put those up against each other.
0: <clears throat> oh yes, and I'm super excited to see what you guys put on your playlist and compare mine. Because I used to be a really big Rush fan, um, so I want to see... I think I'm most curious to see how many of the <coughs> same songs we'll have on our playlist. And I do have Matt's playlist, by the way. He just sent it to me. So, oh, yeah, great. I'll be able to represent what he put together as well. Um, yeah. Uh, so I put together a bit of a backstory um, and a timeline uh, to go over before we battle our playlists.
2: Well, that sounds like a fun time indeed. But first... Let's talk about some whiskey, since that—that yeah. uh, that is the other half of what this show is about. Yeah, it is in the title. So. <laughs> it's in the title, Ed. You are so correct. <laughs> I think tonight our uh, our special whiskey pairing goes to none other than the traveling woman herself, <clears throat> Ms. Sailor.
0: It's me. <clears throat> but what's everybody drinking tonight? Before I start that,
1: Ed. I think Ed had well, special all right. whiskey. I will kick this off. Um, in honor, honor of our band we're talking about tonight, uh, who hails from north of the border, and for those who oh boy. aren't good at geography, that's Ed's Canada.
2: Drink, Ed's going to drink tequila. Um,
1: <laughs> I have...
0: <laughs> oh, tonight, stop it. You are... Get the fuck I out have of what, here. what...
1: Is normally referred to as a handle oh. of Canadian Club <laughs> premium they... extra aged blended Canadian whiskey. What do they um, call
0: that in comes Canada? Comes in a
1: fancy plastic <laughs> yeah bottle. Oh right? my
0: God, stop it! Yeah,
1: you can't beat that. We used that in high school. Bottle. I yeah. poured myself a couple of ounces, and I'm going to attempt to finish this tonight. <laughs> we'll see if i can do it whoa all-star
0: good luck with
1: you're not you're drinking that straight
0: that's gross
2: yes, sir.
1: we used to drink that with
2: like mountain dew in high school you had this was
1: purchased because steph's family when they get together they have a tradition that all began with their grandparents i think they have something they call warsh and it's basically canadian club and canfield's 50 50 which they mix together and drink so I don't know if you guys you guys know Canfields, don't you? Or is it like I think it might be a more of what? a local brand. I
0: don't know what that is. Never heard of it. Nope. Okay. What
1: is it? It's just a brand of pop, you know. And fifty fifty is like their lemon lime.
0: Oh, so it's sp- fucking Sprite.
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Moon Mist. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Okay. Uh, that's what I got. How about you, Jake? <clears throat> um, you know what.
2: I I stood in front of my bar just kind of thinking of what in the world I could connect with Rush and then <laughs> I just decided screw it and I was thirsty so I just poured myself a gigantic glass of Old Forester 1920
0: <laughs> Oh hell yeah God, I love that stuff <laughs> it
2: Just sounded good and and uh, you go. the bottle looked like it needed finishing so I mm. finished it Yum sailor how about you are you drinking something other than your whiskey pairing this evening
0: no i am drinking my whiskey pairing so i will just keep my little mouth shut until we get to that portion
1: (coughs) okay well are you ready to reveal your
2: (laughs) (laughs) that might be right now
1: i (laughs)
0: mean i guess i am Alrighty then, so I knew I was going to have this pairing for quite a while and I will admit that this might have been one of the most challenging ones. Um, Although it may have seemed instinctual to choose a Canadian whiskey to pair with tonight's subject, I just have more respect for the band, so I went in a completely different direction. Well, not completely. So, much like the storied lyrics of the band Rush, Neil Peart seems to have a knack for illustrating a story or landscape in his music. Now let me paint a picture for you. A story about whiskey. And next time you sip on this liquid, I'll ask you to play Rush's Closer to the Heart as your soundtrack. Glenfiddich makes valley, means Valley of the Deer in Scottish Gaelic. And the men who hold high places must be the ones who start. The Glen Fiddick Distillery was founded in 1886 by William Grant in Dufftown, Scotland, in the Glen of the River Fiddich, which is a tributary of the River Spey. William Grant and his family built the distillery by hand, stone by stone. The blacksmith and the artist reflected in their art. They forged their creativity. It was Christmas Day in 1887 that the first Glenfiddich whiskey ran from the stills made from barley that was grown in the hills of Speyside. Philosophers and plowmen each must know his part. In 1923, Prohibition is in full swing in the U.S. William's grandson surprises the industry by increasing production, as he knows the demand for whiskey is still there. They are ready to meet the surge in demand for fine whiskies and increase shipments to North America. You can be the captain, and I will draw the chart, sailing into destiny closer to the heart. So I give you Glenn 12-year single malt. This whiskey is a classic scotch if there ever was one. A smooth, easy, drinkable choice for new whiskey drinkers. You might not understand it at first, but nonetheless, you enjoy it and quickly feel comfortable with it. Then the more you drink it, the more you are familiar with it, you begin to notice the layers of flavor, the depths of interest, things you didn't quite notice before. Vanilla, pear, warm cereal, cream, and apples. And then one day you might put it away. You've matured, your palate and tastes have matured. You seek out new and different expressions. But every once in a while, you're brought back to this classic single malt, and you remember how enjoyable it is. And with your more experienced palate, you notice nuances that you didn't pick up previously. You have a greater appreciation for the amazing amount of flavor contained in such a smooth and approachable whiskey. Much like Rush, easy to be introduced to. sometimes you all Somehow, you always come back to it. Whether by choice choice or by circumstance, the more you know about music, the more you appreciate them, the more you hear, the more you love. So you finally truly understand the staying power of this band and this whiskey. You appreciate the science of the music and the sound, much as the chemistry in the liquid. With the spirit of William Grant himself, I would say David Stewart and Brian Kidsman are another power trio not to be taken lightly. Rush and Glenn 12 year single malt, deceptively easygoing, but amazing.
1: Wow. Too bad the uh, our whiskey obsessor Save the E wasn't here for, uh, know, <laughs> for this one. I know! so
2: <laughs>
0: bummed out. That was really good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I worked really nice. hard on this shit.
1: Yeah, I liked <laughs> the incorporation of the uh, the lyrics.
2: Yeah, it it, really, heard.
1: really, uh, ma- really made me feel super lazy about what I picked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was like sitting there thinking, "Damn it! I should have. I've got. I have a whistle pig pick. A thirteen year old Alberta Rye. I could have just. That's fantastic. That would have actually represented Canada well.
0: Gosh, For damn. me, it was more about the band you know, being one of those bands that they're easy to listen to. And I think a lot of people, especially their radio-friendly hits, they listen to it and they don't... I don't know that they seek to look past what's easy to hear and, and uh-huh. experience the intricacy of this and the complexity of this band and their music. And I feel that it's the same way for this Glenn 12-year. It was um, one of the first Scotch whiskeys that I drank as I was trying to teach myself about Scotch. And um, I've put it away for a while once I had a taste for scotch and, of course, went to all the crazy, cool, amazing stuff. And then when I come back to it as a daily drinking scotch, I just sit there and go, wow, this is amazing. Still really easy to drink, but man,
2: hmm. it's,
0: it's just so intricate. Um, so I felt there was a synergy between the band and this expression.
2: That's and exactly it's exactly what I meant with the 1920. It's like there's so many sure. others, but you just come right back to that 1920. It's just really great every time. <laughs> See, I was thinking the same thing. Sure,
0: of course you were. Didn't I say it? Well, Didn't I say
2: that earlier? I thought I said that.
0: Well, also, um, I uh, am a tasting specialist, and um, I often pour um, William Grant spirits, uh, mostly their whiskies, and. Um, I absolutely love their ex- all of their expressions. So I am on a campaign um, to be hired by William Grant and all right. be one of their brand ambassadors one day. So, um,
2: well, you're a you're a tasting <laughs> specialist, and Ed and I are actually uh, consumption specialists. I don't know if you do
1: that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, as I'm tasting <laughs> this Canadian club, this actually <clears throat> reminds you want me want a vomit. lot of my my bottle of eagle rare that i have here (laughs) because it's disgusting
0: (laughs) what's that because it's
1: disgusting (laughs) yeah pretty much
0: well hey did you hear about that jake that it i tasted his bottle of eagle rare
2: i did we talked about it
0: isn't Uh, that weird
2: uh we talked about it on the episode that actually aired today in fact
0: oh well i wasn't there (laughs) yeah you weren't there
2: um no i it sounded like he just got a funky it was bottle. Bad.
0: Yeah, it was definitely it happens. funky.
2: It happens. Cuz that's that's that was that's a a single barrel, not a small batch, right? Ed?
1: Um how old did you I say it was? It's a, it's a 10 year, it's an age stated 10 year. Then did it's, you then it's a single, then it should be a single barrel. Okay, I think yeah. okay. so switched. it was just a not a very good barrel. I guess. It could just Is be it, no.
0: It could be the yeah. bottle too. It's very possible that you know it doesn't happen as much anymore. But um, I've well, caught shelf- cases sit. I've caught cases sitting in you know of whiskey and, and liquor stores when I've had to go do um, off premise visits sitting in like rooms that were so hot
1: yeah. that,
0: like blistering mm-hmm. hot and you know you just can't expose the bottles to extreme conditions like that. So that's a possibility as well.
2: Well, and those, the, uh, the shelf, I don't know what you got, the shelf sitting single barrels. I've had bad experiences in the past too. I know, uh, I mean, I'm a, I love Russell's reserve, but the uh, very first Russell reserve single barrel I ever had, I got off the shelf. It wasn't a store pick. It was just a regular single barrel off the shelf. And I thought it was gross. And I thought I was crazy. Because everybody had mm. talked about how great it was, and then I started getting the the barrel picks of them, and they're phenomenal. It's one of my favorite things to to drink and collect, and and it still just th- it throws me off to this day. And a buddy of mine, I, I ended up giving it to him, and he said the same thing. He's like, "This is not good. It just was. It was funky.
0: Yeah, you never know.
2: Something. Yeah. Yep, they're out there.
0: Yep. <clears throat> wah wah wah. Well. That is my whiskey pairing for the night. Well,
2: that was fantastic. Thank you very much. Very poetic. Thank you. Very performance arty.
0: <laughs> That's what I that was my intention. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually had closer to the heart, I think I listened to it twenty five times while I was writing that.
2: <laughs> I you know I, I thought know. I, I thought I saw like an uptick in Spotify <laughs> plays. <laughs>
0: That was me <laughs> <laughs> I think I just earned them fifty cents. You're welcome guys <laughs> all right, so
2: well hey how about uh how about we what? jump back and uh maybe talk about some rush timeline
0: perhaps yeah, let's do it. Let's get into this shall we Rush is a Canadian band formed in 1968. They are most well known as Geddy Lee, Alex Lifeson, and Neil Peart as the lineup. That lineup was formed in 1974, although the band originally formed in 1968. If you're a music lover or a musician, you'll know Rush as the ultimate prog rock band, also for their strange time signatures, complex compositions, and broad music styles. Or you might know Rush as a radio-friendly band, the guys who play Tom Sawyer and Closer to the Heart. They have been called progressive rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and <laughs> light metal.
2: <laughs> what the hell is light metal? I don't
0: fucking know. It's amazing, though. <laughs> you are light metal. Light you are metal. not heavy. Um Rush has been awarded 24 gold, 14 platinum, and three multi-platinum albums. They have received seven Grammy nominations and were inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the U.S. in 2014 and 2013, respectively. They are the ultimate power trio of anti-conformists. So, the the band begins as a bar band. They're playing in local Toronto bars and high school dances. In 1973, the band released their first single. It was a Buddy Holly cover, and it also had a B-side, You Can't Fight It, which was their own material. They had little (laughs) interest from record labels at the time, so they formed their own label and self-released their debut album, Rush, in 1974 in Canada. The band then cracked the U.S. market shortly after while opening for Uriah Heep and Manfred Mann. In 1975, they released the first album with Neil Peart, Fly By Night. This album, most say, is the real beginning to their complex arrangements, epic lyrics and s- lyrics and stories, and multi-section formats. Right out of the gate, the lyrics showcase Peart's love of sci-fi and fantasy. On the heels of Fly By Night came Caress of Steel. After Fly By Night, their label pressured the band to make a more radio-friendly album with songs that were shorter and contained more hooks. In response to that, they (laughs) delivered 2112. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, label jerks. Take this 20 minute song and stick it up your ass. And the album went platinum in Canada. Love it. <laughs> After 2112, the band recorded and released A Farewell to Kings and The Hemispheres. This is considered Rush's real progressive era. The guy said they were discovering more progressive bands themselves, like Yes and King Crimson, and that was influencing them heavily, and it gave them permission <clears throat> to stretch a loud, stretch out a little bit musically. More complex time signatures, more instruments were added, 12-string guitars, glockenspiels, gongs, and more cowbells.
2: Glockenspiel.
0: Glockenspiel. And And lyrics have shifted from sci-fi stories to classical poetry, fantasy literature, and strong social commentary, which you can see beginning in Fly By Night with Anthem. Anthem is the name of a sci-fi story published by Anne Rand in 1938, which was an inspiration for the song. The ideology in the story heavily influenced Peart's writing. So in 1980, Permanent Waves was released. Again a shift in music style, now they've introduced reggae and new wave, which was not really that uncommon at the time in music. They included more synthesizers, but it seems like Rush always took these elements to another level. The songs The Spirit of Radio and Free Will helped this album make it to the top five on the U.S. album charts. Lyrics have now shifted to more social commentary, modern humanistic tones, and exploring social conditions. And then in 1981, Rush reached the height of their popularity at the time with moving pictures. Many feel the album picks up right where Permanent Waves leaves off. Tom Sawyer, of course, was a huge radio hit, and the album received rave reviews by critics. And the record label finally got their more radio-rock-friendly songs. This album, by the way, has been certified quadruple platinum by the RIAA. That's
2: crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So another stylistic change comes with the album Signals in 1982. The keys and the synthesizers are now front and center in this album. Listen to Subdivisions and Countdown, and you'll notice the major shift when it comes to the keys. There's even more reggae, ska, and funk sounds in this album. This album also creates a division between the band and their longtime producer, Terry Brown. It seems he was uncomfortable with the direction the band was going, so in classic Style, they fired him and began to experiment even further with their music styles. So The Change in producer, Producers ushers in a new era for the band, Grace Under Pressure, released in 84, and Power Windows in 85. And then they released Hold Your Fire in 87. On these albums, there's more emphasis on the multi-layered synthesizers, electronic drums and less prominent guitar work and here's where we're going to sort of speed things up a little bit presto was released in 89 and it was a more guitar driven sound coming back into the music roll the bones in 1991 this was the first top five album for the band since 1981's moving pictures the songs dreamline and roll the bones were popular songs that gained gained a lot of radio play in the 1990s then you have Counterparts in 1993. This album is one of Rush's highest charting albums in the US, peaking at number 2 on the charts. There's a much more heavy this is a much more heavy sounding album which fans were eager to hear and the lyrics continue on a dark and emotional wave like they did with Bones. Test for Echo in 1996. This one is a little bit special. There's a <coughs> noticeable evolution in Neil Pert's drum sounds on this album. He had received drum lessons from a famous jazz instructor, Freddie Gruber. For the majority of the album, Pert uses a traditional grip on his drumsticks, commonly most used in jazz drumming. They also felt like they were in a creative low and literally said they were testing out the echo to see if anything came back to them. Also, in between counterparts on this album was the longest break the band had ever had in between albums at that time. After Test for Echo, the band took a five-year hiatus, sadly, due to personal tragedy in Neil Peart's personal life. His daughter died in a car accident in 1997, and then his wife passed away after losing her battle with cancer in 1998. He wrote a book called Ghost Rider Travels. On The Healing Road. It's a really interesting read. It was published in 2002 and I think I read it a year or two later. He's obviously a phenomenal writer. He talks about the motorcycle journey that he took after the loss of his wife where he traveled from Canada to Alaska and then throughout the U.S., Mexico, and Belize. Right after the loss of his daughter and his wife, Neil told the band he was retired and of course the band respected his wishes. They all thought they were done. But after his motorcycle journey in 2001, he announced he was ready to return to music, and the band ultimately went back into the studio. They released Vapor Trails in 2002, no keyboards and synthesizers this time, and then Feedback in 2004, an album featuring cover songs that influenced the band in the 1960s. Then came Snakes and Arrows in 2007. This album debuted at number three on the Billboard chart and was certified gold a few months after its release. It was also nominated for a Grammy. And then in 2011, Clockwork Angels, debuting at number one on the Canadian charts and number two on the U.S. Billboard charts. This album also won Rock Album of the Year at the 2013 Juno Awards. And now, after 41 years together as a band, Rush announced they were retiring and have no plans to record music anymore and that is rush so of course you've got sorry
2: sorry could you repeat all that i missed you can all of it stick it so no okay sorry jake no
0: so of course you have the power trio Which is Geddy Lee, vocalist, bass player, and keyboardist. He's known for his three octave vocal range baritone through tenor, alto, and mezzo soprano. He's known for playing his bass high treble and using his bass as the lead instrument often. Then you have Neil Peart, drummer and primary lyricist. His technical skills are revered by many musicians. And then Alex Lifeson, guitarist and backing vocals, known for his signature riffing, unorthodox chord structures, and the insane amount of equipment that he uses. So.
2: One of, I mean, hands down, technicality-wise, Rush, I mean, one of the greatest rock bands ever. Yeah. It's one of those bands where it's like, it's it's just awesome it's so beautiful how technical they are i mean the the time signatures and it's yeah definitely one yeah, of my favorite yeah
0: as musicians they're out. in they're some of the most incredible musicians <clears throat> in the world it, in modern times for sure
1: yes yeah, especially well the neil Peart is what stands out to me oh mm-hmm, well, for sure. the most i can't after listening to the, all, all these songs again, he's insane. I'm just like, I'm trying to imagine physically how he does some of the things that he does. And I oh, just no. can't, it's just beyond me. With only two arms, I <laughs> I don't know. It's like, how the hell does he do that? Well, you got two feet. Know, but uh, yeah, it, it's amazing. <laughs> and even if, even the songs that um, may not be my favorite Rush songs, I'll still be listen to them and just be mesmerized listening to, you know, the technicality, like you say, Jay, yeah. of their they're playing. It's just amazing. It, well, and I think Geddy Lee is, I mean, also such
2: a great bass player. Um, and I guess that's that's what happens to me when I listen to Rush. I get lost in how great the music is, the instrumentals. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not a huge fan of Getty Lee as a vocalist, not because he's, I mean, he's he has a fantastic voice. I just don't care. I don't care for that style.
1: That that um, that yeah. You know, I don't know.
2: It's just not. It's not my favorite. Well,
1: I can I can understand that. I mean, granted, you know. I know you know the you recognize the talent.
2: Oh but, yeah, you know, no. He's fantastic. Obviously, I just, it's, it's not my you know, favorite.
1: That, his sound might not I could see where it wouldn't be for everyone. Yeah, no, he, he's absolutely That's fair an, enough. That's a, a fair a, statement. A
2: brilliant singer um and to be able to sing like that and play bass like that. I mean, I'll, all three of the guys are are amazing and I mean even um <clears throat> I'm blanking on the the original drummer that played on the self-titled Rush album, uh, he's no slouch in himself. If you listen to "Working Man," like the original recording of it, it's he did a hell of a job with that. I mean, he's, he's pretty scene. great too. Yeah, and uh,
1: <clears throat> so but as far as their musical style goes, I listened to a couple of interviews with Geddy Lee in multiple times he referred to them as uh, themselves. And I think this is how they saw themselves as a hard rock band. He's, in fact, one of his quotes was, we're a hard rock band that sometimes wanders off into the world of the proggers, being progressive <laughs> rock. Because mm-hmm. um, I think he was responding to a comment that, you know, people saw them as a progressive rock band and they really didn't see themselves that way, but their music definitely does,
0: it was definitely prog rock
1: into <laughs> many different definitely. types of rock including prog rock including hard rock I mean it's they're just but it also depends well, and on well, and how when, long ago did you exactly. say that I mean right that was in like 2002 Okay. Well, well, by
0: 2002, wrong. wait, by <laughs> 2002, they're not prog rock anymore. I wouldn't say right. their music was progressive. I would say it was pretty on par uh, in in the 70s and 80s. It was absolutely progressive style. <laughs> absolutely. In, I mean, now, it, it I would always just a call hard, them it was hard rock, rock, too. too.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, but there's...
2: It was progressive I, at the I, time, like you. It, said. That's what I
0: just said. Yeah, I just said that. But I progressive mean, now hard rock. It's, how about yeah, that?
2: It's always been. Now
0: they're a hard rock band for sure. But in the seventies and eighties, they would definitely have been considered a progressive <laughs> rock band for sure. You know, but that title can't last forever. You know, no. when you've yes, become no. kind of on yeah,
2: you are not progressive anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're not progressive <laughs> that's now, not what i meant at so all. Are they re- a are,
2: are regressive they're not a regressive rock band i
0: hope they're, they're not, not
2: regressive
1: I've, I've always been a fan of <laughs> music, rock music and, and it's kind of <laughs> funny how i i'm listening to all these thinking man i i'm just i guess surprised i don't own any of the albums i don't um, but I have always enjoyed their music and going through, you know, the list I was preparing for tonight, amazed at how many songs they put out that I really think are great songs. I mean, there's a ton mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. them yeah. and, um, yeah, we can talk about, about that a little more later, but yeah, a huge fan of, I mean, I, I had I, a hard I've... time, sorry, go ahead.
0: I I feel like I go back, I've gone back and forth on Rush a lot. And it's interesting because I, when I was younger, so kind of at the birth of me listening and, and really getting into hard rock and metal, you know, was the mid eighties. And, um, I, I was like, oh man, Rush, these guys are awesome. And I was super into them up until high school. I saw them live for the first time in high school. Um, Actually, a bunch of us went. Our art teacher took us. (laughs) She was so cool. I wish I could remember her name. Um, And we had an amazing time. No, it wasn't Miss (laughs) Lippy. So then I kind of abandoned Rush as I got into... Not, I don't know. Actually, it's funny. I don't know why I abandoned Rush. I did, though. I felt like it was a little too easygoing, a little too easy listening for me. And so I kind of put them aside and I got into other stuff and then came back to them again when they made their comeback. Because I had heard they were done, you know, when when Neil went through his tragedies, which was terrible. And I was like, oh, man. Damn. And I kind of went back and started listening to them. And at this point, I have my own record label. And so I'm approaching music from a completely different standpoint now. In a way, it ruined music for me. And in a way, it enhanced my listenability for, I don't even know if that's a word. Um, (laughs) It made me listen to music very differently. So um, when when they came back, i was very interested you know are they gonna be is it gonna be like old man crap now you know what the hell are they gonna like be just be remaking the shit that they used to make what is this gonna be and um snakes and arrows i was like whoa holy shit vapor trails i'm i missed that one went back to it listened to it it's very good but i much prefer snakes and arrows and i was like damn they're still really really good and they're still like making new music not to say that it was on par with what was happening in the world around them but it was their own shit and that's what they've always done and i was just really impressed that they were still creating new stuff you know unlike bands like i don't know like the rolling stones i don't know why i use them as an example like a lot of bands that just kind of regurgitate the same shit for 30 40 years it's like all right enough Mm -hmm. already um this is not a band that has done that so um i when i put them on the list for us to cover when i decided um that we were going to do this and i started (laughs) going back and listening this is so weird for a minute i was like damn i don't know if i like rush as much as i used to and then i started listening to the albums that i didn't really listen to a lot when i was younger and my whole approach changed so i have a whole new appreciation for this band after after preparing for this show
2: yeah you know what uh i think i would agree with quite a bit of that too um I, I think I, I have more of an appreciation for I mean all I had heard of Rush was well, I texted you guys at one point when I was through the through the week uh actually a couple weeks ago when we were going to do Rush a few weeks back and and I was listening through their catalog and and I had never listened to them, you know, intentionally. I'd always just heard them on the radio and, and what else. But uh song after song, I was like, oh no shit, I didn't know this was Rush. It just kept happening, like, <laughs> oh, oh, this was Rush too? Oh, man. They got a lot of songs that I like. and uh, So then going through and listening to the albums and kind of studying and, and uh, you know, realizing that that uh, that they, you know, they make some pretty cool concept albums and, you know, studying the backdrop behind 2112 and i mean that was just awesome awesome i mean Mm sci-fi novel yeah in in yeah exactly it's a novella in in music it's it's really uh, i mean awesome but uh but one difficult thing for me making a playlist was trying to separate songs that i liked as part of a concept and grabbing them separately from the theme of the album. Hmm, I found that really difficult because outside of, you know, the thought process from, because it really is a lot of the albums are, you know, a lot of it flows one song to the next and it's telling a a broader story or there's a theme of an idea or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a view on society or whatever. And then pulling that away from there and getting it to stand on its own i had a little bit of a hard time i will say i mean i have a list of like 12 songs <laughs> but i <laughs> i i did have a bit of a a bit of a hard time like i would I, be listening to the albums oh yeah oh i really like this song but then i would listen to it on its own and i was like oh i don't really like it by itself i like it as part of this larger piece of art
1: yeah, you bring up 2112 and I'd have to say that was my biggest surprise out of listening to what I did. Um <clears throat> I listening to that for the first time as an album from front to back, that was that really grabbed me and I said, "Okay, if we ever have a Rush album battle, anything that goes up against 2112 doesn't stand a chance." <laughs> to me that's I think as an album, that's my favorite Rush album. Or I can say that now since we're not doing an album battle. I, I would agree so. with you And that's totally, a perfect example of totally. an album that you can't pull a single song away from it.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: I mean, they all just work <laughs> together. Um, and so I could totally identify with what you were saying, Jake. How if you just cut out one song out of the album and stick it over here just on its own, it, it loses its impact. <laughs> it's probably totally. my favorite Rush
2: album. and yet, yeah. And yet there's not a single song from it on my list.
0: Hmm. the same
2: because every time that i would try to pull you know even just a section you know part of it away it was like well it just now it doesn't it doesn't mean the same to me i don't know Some it just felt incomplete
0: yeah i totally agree with you when we were talking earlier about how many songs we should do and i think and you said you had twelve or something. I was like, "How the hell did he get so many?" I, I couldn't get. I have, I have eight. That's all I could get for the exact hmm. reason. I couldn't pull apart some of these albums and just say, "Okay, okay I this actually." Song.
2: I actually have nine because I scribbled out three.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I've got eleven for the record. <sighs>
2: Excuse me. Yeah, I had I had twelve, but then when I listened back through i scribbled out three that i was like oh i just no i just don't like i mean some again some of the songs you know with with rush like i said i well we can i guess maybe talk about it more once we get into the list sure
0: yeah so before yeah before we get into the list though
1: well yeah before we get into that um i think this might be a good time to take a break and refill our glasses and sailor. Um, I'm sure you got a pee. I you do. usually do by this time. <laughs> of course. Okay.
2: The mist, the myth, the mystery, the and we are back and all set and ready to. Get into our playlist that we made up. Who wants to start? Anybody? Anybody? Or do you wanna do you wanna put Matt's out there first, Sailor?
0: Sure.
1: Okay, let's see Let's Matt hear Matt Matt's.
0: So he says in no particular order Tom Sawyer, twenty one twelve, line. Come on, real quick.
2: Real quick. Should we cross any of these off like as we go through or just read our entire list?
0: No, I think we should read our entire list. list. Then I'll put them, I'll take out what we all have on there. You know, I'll do like I did last time with it.
2: Uh huh. Okay.
0: And then we can see what the remaining one is and have our listeners decide. What was the other
2: show that we did the playlist for?
1: What was that?
0: Metallica?
1: No. Oh wait. Yes, it was. No, it was was Metallica. Metallica. We did Metallica. Yep. Yeah. that's right
0: remember i made a spreadsheet so i'll do the same thing again and we'll put it in our facebook group
1: okay great
0: all right so he has tom sawyer 2112 limelight spirit of radio red barchetta xanadu something for nothing witch hunt fly by night the necromancer (laughs) so he managed to get 10
1: red barchetta was one of the songs that i scribbled off my list (laughs) yeah he had four songs on there that i didn't have on my list but anyway here's i'll just go ahead with mine um again in like matt in no particular order i have uh 2112 (coughs) closer to the heart tom sawyer red barchetta (coughs) yyz limelight (coughs) the spirit of radio free will working man Subdivisions and fly by night.
2: Y Y Z was one of the other ones I have <laughs> scribbled off here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, who wants to go next, Jake?
2: I, uh, I'll, I guess I'll hit in the three spot. Um, no particular order, though. I will say, uh, <clears throat> I probably without a doubt working man is my favorite song which is funny because that was kind of like original you know first album rush original rush but i just i don't know i like kind of there's a rawness to that song that is just great i, I that that's that's got to be one my of the best rush rock song. songs that's ever it's fanta- existed it's such a good song absolutely it's yeah, such a handsome. good song
0: agreed.
2: I think it represents to me everything that Bruce Springsteen isn't.
0: Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes.
2: Wow. <laughs> Just in case anybody isn't clear, I can't stand Bruce Springsteen. Bruce suckstein <clears throat> <Yes. clears throat> Okay. Um. Okay, to preface, real quick. Going back to the point that I made where I had a hard time separating um, Certain songs that I liked within an album from the album, I found myself perfectly agreeing with whoever decided the singles were because I really felt like the singles that were popular ended up being my favorite songs on their own. Now, within each album, which was weird, they weren't necessarily my favorite songs within the album. As it flowed, but they were the ones that I felt, on their own or paired with something else, um, were were able to separate the best. So, it, I mean, some of these are going to be no surprise, but Fly by Night, Tom Sawyer, Limelight, Closer to the Heart, Spirit of Radio, Working Man, of course, like I said, Subdivisions, Free Will, and Take a Friend. Uh, Take a Friend was. Was the lone survivor kind of non-single um, that I had? I had uh, so, like I said, uh, YYW Red. I always want to say uh, Red YYZ? Br- Yeah, what did I say? <laughs> YYW. You know what I meant <laughs> whatever. Damn same it. shit. <laughs> um, the the red. Um, I can't even say it now because Barschetta. whenever I see it, Red Bruschetta. I- I, I want to say the red, red bruschetta, bruschetta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is an an Italian toast appetizer, The red bruschetta
1: bruschetta,
0: <laughs> bruschetta,
2: bruschetta. <laughs> um, Stupid. And uh, red sector A was was another song that I I really liked and and kind of really wanted to have it on the list, but every whenever I would kind of listen to it separate, it, it fell off for me, and so. Huh. But it's a great song. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I hate that uh, my list is so blatantly obvious to, um, you know, whoever decided these would be the singles. But I completely agree with their choice on their singles. I, I mean, I think they're the songs that stand up the best on their
1: own. Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah, and
2: they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're freaking awesome songs. It's amazing. These are some of the songs where it was like, shit, I didn't know that. That because, you know, as as was discussed in the timeline, they they kind of changed their sound up. I mean, they changed their instrumental, you know, their instruments uh, on different albums, as far as which instruments were featured more. Um, so, even though Getty Lee's voice is kind of unmistakable, uh
1: huh, if, that's if why kind of surprises me that you didn't. Well, but there, there were was, songs that you didn't realize were rush because well, eddie lee is so but here's the thing know,
2: though like i said unique. i had really only heard them through radio play so, so there were songs remember? that i thought you know because that that um falsetto style uh the 80s rock i mean that sound that that voice um was was i'll say was tried or done by so many different bands and one hit wonders and everybody else. Now, when you really focus in, you can tell that Getty was probably, if not the one of the, um, most technically gifted, um, you know, lead singers of that kind of falsetto style. But, um, I mean, and and I have no problem saving that, even though I don't like particularly that style of vocalist, um, i mean he certainly he he adds a uh, an unmistakable part to this band
1: so
0: but he's not singing falsetto by the way
1: he's just singing
0: that's the thing that's so amazing about him that he doesn't have to sing falsetto his i mean that's his amazing range I think it's just an insult. I, I don't know. For me, it feels like an insult to say that's falsetto because it's not at all.
2: Well, falsetto is one of the most difficult and uh, hardest to master uh, vocal ranges, and it's beautiful. I don't know when it's done
0: having properly. A, having yeah, I a think three does. octave I think, range is more difficult.
1: <clears throat> well, I'm dying over here to to hear what Sailor has on her list. So.
0: Well, I'm laughing it on as, on it's as gonna be all a bunch of you guys. Of
2: weird what buckle up folks buckle up folks
0: (laughs) see that's so funny that you say that (laughs) all right here's what i have number one hands down my absolute favorite rush song one of the greatest rock songs ever is working man
2: did we actually interesting this might be that you like the first time that hold you and I on, have ever agreed on, on Stop a favorite the Presses song
1: by a band. Jake and Sailor <laughs> both agree on a their favorite song and from a band that's got this extensive of a catalog. <laughs> this is unbelievable.
0: That is such just, an ultimate wow. rock you know song. What?
2: Hey. Just let's just do it. Just play working mana here again.
0: Okay, yeah, just play it right, yeah. and tell me this isn't the, one of the greatest rock songs ever. Can't All right,
2: can't deny it.
0: You can't, you can't. Come on, shit rocks. Like banging my head to that <laughs> shit. Yes. Um, all right, so next I have Closer to the Heart from A Farewell to Kings, of course. Then I have Free Will, The Spirit of Radio, <laughs> Today's Tom Sawyer, Subdivisions, Limelight,
2: <laughs>
0: Fly By Night, <laughs> and 2112.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, we had almost the same exact list. I know, Jake. God, I girl, never thought that is would happen. Incredible. <laughs> wow i think this is
0: the first time ever that this has ever happened
2: but isn't it i mean it's obvious that when when people are 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 picking singles off an album i mean it's obviously that somebody whether it's the band whether it's a marketing team whether it's a producer whoever it is you know in, in in any given case of a band's um You know, story. Whoever's picking their signals, singles, sing. God bless
1: America. Singles, singles. Singles. Have another simple whiskey, Jake. Yeah, right. Um,
2: it's obvious that that it's that they're well liked songs, and Mm -hmm. I mean these songs just crush it. I mean, there's there's sometimes when I hear where i mean other bands where i'll pick a you know random song off an album that i just you know just really connects with me or or whatever or maybe even some of the singles that i'm like why the hell would they pick that
0: yeah. song oh yeah totally
2: or or even worse the worst case scenario is when when it's a single and you're like ugh i know why they picked that it's just cuz it's just catchy it's almost like they wrote the song solely to be a single because right. it was catchy right. and it would sell album, you know, and I guess whatever is what it is. But I mean, these are just all freaking awesome well, songs. Well, do you
0: know what? It's interesting that you say that <laughs> because I was not going to put Tom Sawyer on this list. Really? I was like, yep. I was like, I'm not even going to listen to it because I'm so fucking sick of that being the only goddamn song of rush that they play (laughs) uh, that gets all the radio play pisses me off there's i mean with a catalog like this it's so
2: brilliantly written though
0: uh, well i went so
1: amazing
0: (laughs) i know but i get tired of of i get tired of a band being represented by one flippin song unless they unless they're crap and they don't have like if i hear stairway to heaven one more time i'm going to it should be illegal to play that fucking song ever again on this planet. I want to repeat people. That's a
2: top five song for me. I I, I, I don't like care how many song. times I, I, I disagree. I don't I care how many times song. I hear it. It's it's a brilliant song.
0: I hate that. Okay, anyway, moving <laughs> along. I went back. But Tom
2: Sawyer. I mean, Tom okay, Sawyer. So it's it's.
0: I know it's such an awesome
2: expression of of. Whether you agree with it or not, it's a really cool expression of society, and it's a, it's a very deep, well-written song, so I don't I mean, you can't get sick okay, of it. Okay,
0: so, well, I'm about to explain. <laughs> so, I put my playlist together, and I was like, damn it, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna listen to Tom Sawyer, and I'm gonna try to listen to it with new ears, not like annoyed that it's on the radio again. Yeah. Not that I listen to the radio a lot anyway, but... <laughs> Um, so I listened to it again, and I was like, damn it, I freaking love this song. <laughs> I have to include this in my, I but with fresh ears, again, I just, I listened past what I'm used to just aimlessly and mindlessly rocking out to if it comes on and really listened to it again. It was like, man, it, it was like how I felt about it when I first heard the song without it being overplayed. And I just, it's such a great song. I had to put it back on. So I did.
2: Okay. So a lot of the bands that we've talked about um, and Rush's, I mean, I mean, like I said, the only excuse me, the only way I knew of Russia's songs coming I mean, into this was from radio play, and working in construction for the last twenty years, and having classic rock stations be what basically gets played on every job site you go to. Trust me, I get I'm I get as sick of uh, of these songs that get played over and over and over and over and over again. <clears throat> um, I mean, it has. It's ruined songs, bands, for me as well. Yeah. Um, you know, because you do. When when you have a radio... I mean, thank God for MP3s and for smartphones, because when an FM radio was all that... I mean, really up until the last five years, realistically, <clears throat> um, FM radio was it on a job site. Mm-hmm. Nobody's bringing a... You're not going to bring a, a CD player because your CDs get ruined on a construction site and everything. it's sure. just not from radio. And these th- these radio stations they play the same songs every day. It's the same exact playlist in yes. shuffled order every and single day. For the past day. 30
0: years it's still the <coughs> same shit. Well that's exactly. that's what
2: always that's what always drove me nuts is it would be a classic rock station you're like you have a catalog of Yeah. I mean endless amounts of music
0: yeah at this point from, there's no excuse <laughs> from My so God. many bands
2: why are you playing the same you know 50 songs every single day day in and day out week in week out year in year out over and over and over again driving me mad <clears throat> but one thing you have to understand though is and I had to try to understand that is not everybody is listening to the same loop of music eight hours a day, five days a week, like I was. And it's like, okay, well, maybe, hey, you know, if in this case, if Tom Sawyer was my favorite song, but I worked all day and all, you know, I was just in my car on a commute. Well, it would be pretty cool if every once in a while I got to hear it. Well, there's tons of people with all different commutes and everything else. So I try to try to put myself in a somewhat of an, I guess, empathetic position in that case even though it's obviously a total you know money splurge is the whole reason behind it not necessarily to make anybody happy but uh, I digress
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have no compassion for it I think it's bullshit and I think radio stations need to change up their fucking formats the only time I listen to the radio is when I can't get a signal and play Spotify on my phone in the car um because i don't have a lot of we've talked about this have a lot of music like on my phone i stream everything so Mm -hmm. it's so it's not that often but um going on this trip i just drove across country from boston um out to the pacific northwest i had a lot of time on my hands i had a lot of time to listen to streaming music and Plenty of times when Signal wasn't good enough and I had to listen to the local radio stations and they all play the same shit.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) No matter
0: what state I was in, no matter what time, it was the same shit over and over and over and over. I almost wanted to Mm -hmm. record every time songs came on and like write down what state I was in or what city. It's just the same shit. So That would be a
2: fun playlist to make. Sometime we should just, for shits and giggles... We should each make a list of like overplayed radio songs that drive us nuts.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, sorry to say, "Stairway to <laughs> Flippin' Heaven" would be the first one on there.
1: Anything God. by Bruce Springsteen, Jake? <laughs> <Ugh>. Your favorite. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> um, Gosh, I'll, I'll I...
0: take I'll take Poison for a hundred, please, and Def Leppard's "Pour Some Sugar on Me." Of all now, songs. See, those
2: <laughs> of yeah. all songs. Pour some sugar on me. I probably mentioned this during Ugh. the uh, ACDC. Unless you're in a strip
0: club, you don't need to hear <laughs> that song anymore.
2: <laughs> pour some sugar on me and uh, <laughs> You Shook Me All Night Long are our uh, two oh, songs yes. that are that are played stripper, at every, stripper single, music. every single wedding reception I've ever been to they get played at
0: oh gross
2: every single gross
0: one. <laughs> ew why would uh, you play those songs? Why- Ugh, gross Slutty <laughs> S- 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 mcslutterson songs it's like stripper music i get bet you i could take i bet you if i took the we got a toss in some motley crew girls 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 overplayed on classic they, if They don't play that a lot, surprisingly. Girls, girls, um, girls is a but total But if I take all the off. most overplayed shit, <laughs> it is. And I don't know why it doesn't get played as much as pour some sugar on me. But it should. I mean, it's about the same shit. I don't know. But anyway, so, yeah. Fuck overplayed Pour some music, sugar
2: on me is just, but... I mean, just the idea of that is so unsanitary. You're just going to attract ants. I mean... <laughs>
1: Especially if you're all sweaty and (laughs) everything, it just sticks to you. Got sugar, sugar water. It's just uh,
2: so not clean.
0: I mean, but is it sugar in the raw? Is it Stevia? Is it Splenda? I mean, these days you'd have to ask these questions up front.
1: Well, yeah, but back then it was only sugar. It's
2: called like Skinny Bitch Sugar or something. (laughs) The brand name is like called Skinny Bitch. I think it's basically Stevia in a different package. (laughs) it's (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of like the, uh, the name what is it skinny the skinny Pitch. girl cocktails is it the same company yeah the same yep. company that yeah makes i think it skinny is yeah that's she, that, she that's used that to that buy her their...
0: from one of those stupid reality yep. shows
2: yep oh was it bethany bethany no
0: no that's no she's a real actress i'm talking about a stupid
2: i think her name's reality bethany.
0: hooker yeah whatever the hell her name is who yeah. cares so i've got a question for you guys um, okay. can you think of any movies that feature Rush or Rush's music
1: any mm. movies
2: oh boy <clears throat> Um, I mean yeah I can I can absolutely it feels like I can hear songs not off in the movies. top of my head I would think Tom Sawyer's probably
1: one that's been that's gotta be in <laughs> something I so feel like that's I gone. was
0: watching an interview with the band and they were talking about how Rush is, they're, they're, you know, they're pop icons now in popular culture, not pop music, of course. Um, <clears throat> so in Waterboy, the comeback moment, they play Tom Sawyer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh. Yes. <laughs> Which that doesn't um, match really at all, does it? And no, not
0: really. Um, and one of my favorite <coughs> movies that's like music movies is High Fidelity, and um, mm. I think it's Jacob's Ladder that they play in High Fidelity. I love High Fidelity; such that's a, great a great movie. That's a great song oh, too. Such a great. Not the Huey yeah.
1: Lewis one. I'm, you're talking about <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> the movie
1: With John like no, no, the song Jacob's Ladder.
0: Oh, I There's didn't a even... Huey
1: Lewis and the News song, Jacob's Ladder.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that, actually. <laughs> I'm not really all, a Huey fan, It's also fan, a biblical
1: reference, so there's probably tons of bands that have no, done a Jacob's song Ladder. No, Jacob's like Ladder is like a, uh, it's an electronic <laughs> thing. You know, like the two wires that go up with the electrical thing, like the little electrical pulse between them that goes up? That's called Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> yeah, do you know why,
2: though? It's because the pulse goes up. And in in the Bible, the story of Jacob's ladder is a ladder that literally goes up to heaven. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Wasn't long.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but we digress. We, Jesus we absolutely metal rock so, whiskey digressions.
0: Do you do you guys remember the Sopranos episode where Tony's listening to Tom Sawyer and he's banging his head?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so good. I remember that one's being fresh like, and- yeah. Um, Fanboys. As
2: was said, that's fresh in mind.
1: What?
0: Fanboys.
1: Fanboys? Is that What's a movie? Fanboys? Yes. Is that a movie?
0: Seriously? Yes. It
2: was and a movie one called of the Fanboys? H-
0: yeah. There's, um, of ha- one of the Halloween remakes has tw- Tom Sawyer in it, too. I mean, I think Tom Sawyer's probably the one that everything...
2: <clears throat> I feel like Fly by Night is another one that's gotta be in a movie. Like that seems like. I'm a sure movie. we could look it up. Even if it's like a
1: getaway car, that's <laughs> what kind of what I was thinking.
0: I think in, um, I think um, in one of the X Men movies as well, they played Tom Sawyer, right?
2: I my guess would be um, <clears throat> the one. I usually where have a good
0: memory for these things, which I don't have a good memory for things.
2: I would. Man, I would guess Days of Future Past would be my guess for that. Wasn't one there like an
0: apocalypse something or other? Well,
2: because they go back in time into the seventies, early seventies, actually, I think.
0: All right, so I think it's the whatever the hell the apocalypse movie was. Oh, also yeah. Water, yeah, Water Boy that's, too.
2: That's based in the eighties that apocalypse is
0: yeah i think i think it's that one water yeah, boy it was definitely an, oh i already mentioned water boy um because yeah. i was trying to like write down the ones that i can remember um, um yeah that's that's the only ones i could remember off the top of my head but
1: oh do you guys re- remember the tv series it was a very short one called freaks and geeks the Jug yes the i series? loved that show yeah, I remember what's, um, Jason, uh, what's his name? Siegel. He was in How Siegel. I Met Your yep. Mother. Siegel. Yeah, he was, like, a, a wannabe drummer, and he yes. had <laughs> his whole drum yes. kit he had based on <laughs> Neil, what Neil Peart, yeah. Peart had. Yeah. yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, actually, a lot of those guys him, are Canadian.
0: Yeah, him and Paul Rudd did a thing. It's hysterical. You can find it on YouTube, where they're, like, super fans, and they um, get backstage and meet the band, and Rudd, they're actually... <laughs> Acting in this rush. It was really funny. Um (laughs) you they should definitely look it up on YouTube. It's I think it's called I don't know, just look up Paul Rudd Meets Rush. That's I think that's how I found it. Paul Rudd Um, meets rush. And I love you, man. Remember I love you, man?
2: The slap of the bass. The slap of the bass, man. Slap of the (laughs) bass.
0: Exactly, yes. (laughs) I love you, man. Exactly. Have
2: you never seen that movie yet? Yes, no. you've never
0: seen that movie. Who's uh, in you, it? Oh uh, shit! Uh,
2: Jason Siegel, ha- Paul Rudd,
0: uh, ne- uh, uh, Jacob, and oh, uh, Paul okay. oh, Man,
1: yeah, you had me at Jason Siegel. I got to we'll see that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and Rush. You have to like, see it. It's so funny. And how Rush.
1: did I not think of
2: that movie yeah. when we're talking about movies with Rush songs? Jeez.
0: I know it should have been the first one that I thought of, but I've yeah, because I was just thinking about them when I said meeting the band. That's what made me think of it. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we're all Rush fans.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I guess I think we agree. Boils. We down all to. like Rush.
0: I felt like nobody was excited when I put when I was like, "Let's do Rush." Am I just missing? Oh, well, I was. You
2: know what it. I'll say it it's uh they're one of those bands for me that have kind of always existed in obscurity and even though they're incredibly talented I know that now you know now that I had a reason to look into them to research them to I mean it's fascinating <sighs> the the thought behind their lyrics um, you know from the sci-fi, Tones to the—I mean—to the inherent views on you know and on society and everything. It's—it's it's, none of it is just accidental or um, unintentional or not thought out. It's all very well thought out, and that's what I love most about this band. And and it again, it drives me nuts that I can't just love. Geddy Lee's voice. I really want to because I love everything else about this band. I love their music. I love, I love all of the instrumentals about it, and I, I just for the love of, ugh, for the, I just can't get past his voice. I don't. It's just a, So it's why didn't one of you have
1: the, y, YYZ on your list? Cause it's a good song, <laughs> but it's, it's but there, again, it's a song by Rush minus Geddy Lee's vocals. <laughs> but
2: it once I separated it. <laughs> It just fell apart. No, there was a few of the instrumentals that I almost put on the list, too, because, like, Hope hope was a really cool yeah. instrumental. Um, uh, oh, God. What was another one? Um, had a really interesting title. Um, shit, I can't think of it. But I, I really liked the instrumentals, but I didn't think that those really represented them as a band that, you know, well enough for me to say this belongs on a playlist. I, and that, you know. yeah. So,
0: I think it's interesting. Do you guys know how Getty Lee got his name Getty?
2: No. Um, it's short for Getterson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask. No. <laughs> his mom used to mispronounce his name. And so in high school, it just kind of stuck <laughs> that it was Getty. What's his name? Jerry, I think. Jetty? Getty? Getty? And it stuck, and so he decided to use it professionally, and then changed his name to it. And I always used to be like, "Damn, if I could change my name to anything, I want to be Getty Lee." I just thought it was the coolest, most badass. Sounded like a didn't you? Kind of warrior. already
2: change your name to anything? I didn't change my name. <laughs> it's a sailor it.
1: retro on a birth certificate.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you fuckers, I found. A picture i'm at my mother's house of the day i became sailor like legit there here's really? the day here's <laughs> the moment where it happened can you see me sitting no, in the apparently. chair
1: oh <laughs> oh yeah see? with the fishing reel in front of you on the cooler behind you oh wow yeah, yeah look at the
0: size of that fishing reel
1: look yeah. at that that's for some deep sea
2: fish yep. put there. that child the pornography day I down oh my gosh this is a g-rated oh you didn't know
0: that i used to be a boy (laughs) you didn't know that that i used to be a boy jake you didn't see this like i was i used to be a boy and apparently my twin brother was the kid from the shining
1: yeah that's creepy i remember seeing that one (laughs)
0: my mom even says to me we're like looking through the pictures laughing she's like yeah you could be brothers i'm like except that i'm a girl i was never a boy we can't be brothers
1: yeah. Yeah, the uh was it the um the Mary hairstyle going there. Oh, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but I always
0: this was indicative of my childhood. Short hair and no shirt. I don't know why I was all they had me running around in no shirts. I don't know, but
1: <sighs> my dog. Da- Maybe my, they secretly wanted a little that. boy, so they cut your hair that way and I don't think it
0: was a room. secret.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: And then finally I, I had to start you know drinking what? at an early age. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it's representative of your personality. You're, what? Because you're a freedom. You're are you a freedom saying I'm fighter. a boy? No, you're a freedom fighter. You don't want restrictions of clothing. <laughs> you want to just run around free.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's true. I don't really like to wear pants ever, so. Pants are so
2: overrated. Well, I, th- I think you've maybe gone beyond the point of, like, the public nudity, and now it represents something else Ew. and in your existence of of don't run around you naked. know hell? <laughs> not being held back by restrictions
0: <laughs> okay
2: and clothing clothing is a restriction so when you're a kid clothing is like the most restrictive thing in your life yeah
0: clothing's child. stupid no kid wants uh, to wear clothes when they're tiny yeah, I,
2: I always wanted to be
1: naked when i was a kid
0: yeah, all kids do they rip off their diapers and yeah
1: What's the first what? thing they do when they get naked? They start running around the house. Yep,
0: they're like, woohoo! free!"
1: <laughs> and then when you have or, little boy, when you have little boys,
2: you just wait for the little water trail to start on the floor. <laughs> yes.
0: They're like puppies, just little like assholes puppies.
1: Just pee everywhere. You let them go. Out uh, of pants. Anyway, <laughs> like little okay. dogs. Let's bring this back around. So. <laughs> to all of our awesome listeners out there we want to say thanks for joining us again and if you enjoyed this episode well we'll hope you stick with it and join <laughs> us next week for another episode of metal rock and whiskey but um so we're we gonna like compile a then, master list for yeah the, uh, i'm gonna Facebook? yeah
0: yes i'm gonna put it on our group i will all take all right
1: of it. sounds good cool is anyone listening to anything they want to bring up or talk about Oh. Yes. yes You go first Sailor
0: I want to give a big shout out to Please excuse my dead aunt Sally They are our buddies They are super awesome um, Mike and Susie if you ever need, if you're ever wrestling with a really deep thought or a question that you really just can't answer yourself, I'm telling you, man, they are the place to go. So you can actually yes, call into, yep, you can call into the show and leave a message asking a question and they will answer it for you on their following show. And um, Ed and I did just that. Um, when we were concerned about Matt's recipe for his man mangarita, the uh, plaid sombrero, <laughs> uh, you'll see that, please excuse my dead Aunt Sally actually named the title of that show <laughs> Plaid Sombrero, which was yes. fucking awesome. Love you guys. And the answer was great. <laughs> the answer was so great. So um, big shout out to um, our buddies there. And have you guys listened to Scotch Test Dummies yet? Negative. Negative.
2: Well, yeah, I can't find, I them, on, I can't I, find I them. I can't find them on the, iTunes. Uh, what? What? I searched really? for them on iTunes and I couldn't find it.
0: That's what I'm listening to them. I'm li- yeah on my podcast app.
2: Like, yeah, oh, I searched. I searched for it on there and it wouldn't. It didn't come up because oh, I was that's looking weird. for. Because didn't uh, Scott Trooper do an interview with them?
0: Yes, and that's exactly yeah, why I, I started. I listening wanted to, to listen to, to that, and
2: I searched. Scotch testimonies and it didn't come up for me. I got it. I thought That's maybe weird. they had just like a website only podcast or something.
0: No.
1: Okay, Jake. It's Scotch is spelled S-C-O-T-C-H. Thank you, Reading Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it.
0: <laughs> well, anyway. We'll get you hooked up with that, Jake. But if you are, um...
2: I spelled like it us? right off my tape dispenser. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh fuck. You've been down you've been down uh, barrel picking or what was it? Not barrel picking. <laughs> no I'd, tank oh God, picking
2: vodka. Drum selecting
1: I just spent a no, no, lot del- drum selection of vodka. <laughs> I spent So how was that I Jamaican sp- vodka?
0: <laughs> Sugarcane vodka.
1: Oh, this is the best man.
2: Days <laughs> <laughs> like sugary potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gonna choke. (laughs) Anyway, reel it back in. So that's what I'm listening to, and that's what I suggest you should listen to as well, dear listeners, or else.
1: (laughs) All right. What about you, Ed? Me? Yeah. Well, I'm kind of going through, and I'm challenging myself to, um, every week or two pick a cd out of my extensive collection and actually listen to it again um there's because there's you know obviously i haven't don't listen to cds like i used to you know 15 20 years ago it's okay Um, nobody does but uh but (laughs) i have a lot of cds so i'm like let me just start pulling these and one i um, was thinking about because the one of the songs is going through my head was uh the cardigans first band on the moon (laughs) From 1996, Oh, um, which is a great out great CD actually. Like the cardigans,
0: um, as in like "Love Me, Love Me," say that yes. you love me.
1: And they do a really kind of um, funky cover of Iron Man that's from Black heavy, Sabbath. It's a, that's some that's some heavy shit on man. there. What? Yeah. And uh, but yeah, it's actually a really good good uh, album, and I'd recommend it. It's a good pull over. No, it's a cardigan.
2: But thanks for asking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a cardigan.
0: (laughs) Oh shit! Oh crap! All right. Oh man. Well.
2: No, I would actually. As uh, Matt
0: would usually say. I was just.
2: I was listening to the cardigans too. Oh,
0: now you're gonna fucking say something?
2: (laughs) I was being polite. Letting you guys go first.
0: We were all and listening I get, to the and I cardigans. Just, and I just get okay. forgotten. <laughs> I just... I just... I, <laughs> I didn't think you had anything to fucking say, Jake. Sorry.
2: No, go ahead. You know, um, the one thing I was going to say is... Uh, um, I know we brought up the uh, the Drinking Darlings before, our friends over there. But they, uh, they did make reference to you and I, Sailor, on... Um, they're second to last last week. The podcast last week when they were talking about Instagram pages that they like. So that oh, was yeah. nice of them to give us a mention. Appreciate yes. that. Uh, other than that, I've I'm still just like spiraling out of control, listening to Joe Rogan <laughs> podcasts and stuff. So and Rush and Rush. Yeah, lots of Rush. Lots, lots of and Rush and this rush. week. And yes. I spent, and I spent, uh, I spent four days this last weekend uh, in the middle of the woods without any cell reception whatsoever, which was just beautiful, absolutely incredible. Everybody needs to just take a few days a year and completely disconnect. You just got to do it. It's it's awesome. It feels so Sounds good. Sounds good to me. I mean, except once you get back, like you hit the highway. When you hit the point of which your cell service comes back, and your phone battery dies because it's ringing (laughs) so much with emails and text messages and Instagram notifications and everything else, that is just—I mean, my phone went (laughs) berserk for about an hour on the drive home. But (laughs) other than that, it was how
0: that happens.
2: Got to float down a river for a day and just kind of relax. So, yeah.
0: I hear you. I'm out in the great wilderness myself up on top of a mountain in the northwestern part of the U.S. right now.
2: Yeah, you've been so. posting some really cool pics.
0: It's pretty awesome. I'm hanging out on own. the
2: water. and
0: Yeah, I'm going to try to keep going for as long as I can until I either go broke or end up homeless. We'll see what happens first. <laughs> Hopefully none <next laughs> of <to> the above.
2: <laughs> well, fortunately, your destination provides you home or shelter. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: yes exactly um but i do have plans um to hit up a few of our listeners actually that are our insta friends and uh, i'm gonna be headed to oregon soon so i'm gonna leave that as a surprise awesome. i will actually be podcasting from there and we'll have a special guest that night so that'll be really fun
1: sweet oh, i'll be fun. heading to
0: california as well at some point and seattle and uh, eventually, I guess I'll make it back across the country, but um, I have an ultimate destination of Scotland coming up as well soon. So Well, you
2: kind of have to go back across the country to get to Scotland.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I guess you could go <laughs> in the complete opposite direction, but...
0: Yeah. So I have some requests to dip down into a more central us route when i come back so uh if anybody wants to request my presence and host me for the night give me a shout (laughs) i'll bring the whiskey (laughs) that's about (laughs) all i can offer (laughs) and some laughter i guess i don't know ridiculousness
2: (laughs) i mean you already heard she doesn't like clothing so
0: Hey, I said pants. I didn't say clothing. I said pants. Who likes pants? Nobody likes pants. Tell, tell me the first thing. Come on, the first thing you do when you get in your house at night, you take off your damn pants and put on like comfy shorts or soft pants. Actually, or I take
1: off my shoes first before I take my pants off. Thank you, okay. Mister Rogers. Well,
0: <laughs> beautiful day in Ed's neighborhood.
1: Oh wait, And Ed,
2: Ed literally takes off his shoes, and puts on cardigans.
0: <laughs> Boom. It fits
2: perfectly with Mr. Rogers.
0: Super cute. Super <laughs> cute. But, like, the modern Mr. Rogers would take his pants off and put on, like, sweatpants. <laughs> and he'd be like, Ugh. All right, children. <laughs> now I can breathe. Let's get started.
2: <laughs> I have right. to agree there. I, I, always, I always go comfier lower half as soon as i get home
0: see maybe i just my pants are too tight who knows i don't know i don't like pants. you gotta do the it
2: you gotta do all it all right
0: moving along shall we move along because i have to pee again and everybody's probably sick of listening to our shit so as matt would say to all of our listeners our fellow metal rock and whiskey obsessors we value your opinion and your feedback hey find us on instagram we are metal rock and whiskey we're easy to find Tell us that you love us, especially me. Give us your likes. Don't share your thoughts. Don't share your reviews. You can definitely ask us questions and give us suggestions. If you have concerns, I don't really care. But you can definitely comment on the show as long as it's positive. (laughs) We also have a Facebook group that you can join called Metal Rock Whiskey. And uh, we post a lot of polls in there and have some... Um, Just extra special discussions in there. You can follow Matt. He is the whiskey obsessor, save the E. I am Sailor Retro. You can follow me all over the internet as Sailor Retro. How about you guys?
1: Well, as for myself, I am also known as Bourbon Geek on the Instagrams. Jake? Jake?
2: Oh, sorry. This is not Jake. This is Torben, and uh, I just want to let you guys know that you can find Jake at Bourbon Spartan on Instagram. And this was lots of fun, guys. I just love your show,
1: Torben.
0: Uh, I didn't even know you were so. Fucking h- here. How what how were long you have doing? you been
1: lurking and like listening to us? Have you been there all here the whole the time? Hell?
2: I've been here the whole time. I just sit in silence and just wait that's, until I can that's talk. That's
1: weird. That's <laughs> fucking just,
2: weird. It's just what I do. I just I've been doing this my whole life with my Lars, just uh you know s- standing side stage just listening okay, well then I think you yeah. do
0: more than just listen i I, just, Torben.
2: I i watch judge listen, you know
0: yeah judge for sure, <laughs> but uh I mean, you're a sponsor, so welcome,
2: oh, I always feel welcome when I'm here, but you know just tip tip your your waitress and and listen to next time. Bye bye. Later everyone.
0: Fuck you, Lars.
2: Don't tell Torbin. She love him.